Magandang hapon po. Good afternoon. All right. If you would turn your Bible uh, with me to the book of 2 Timothy. So if you have a hard copy or a, an online uh, a soft copy Bible, please turn to 2 Timothy. So it's towards the end of your Bible. So in the next coming Sundays, uh, starting today uh, until throughout the whole February, uh, we are going to uh, look into the, the letter of Paul to Timothy, the second letter of Paul to Timothy. And you might be asking, Pastor, bakit tayo nagsimula sa 2 Timothy, hindi muna yung first? Parang na, nakalimutan ba natin yung part one? So, uh, we, can, we can look into this passage uh, separately. We, it can uh, uh, stand on its own. And uh, we are going to look into the theme of, if you saw that, um, if you saw that uh, Facebook page ng uh, Breadcom QC, our, our main theme for this whole thing is fighting the good fight. The idea of that is that we want to drive down the, the theme that Christian life is not a walk in the park. Would you agree? Right. So since you agree anyway, let's just close in prayer. <laughs> but we want to flesh that out, what it means to, to fight the good fight, to, to, to consider that Christian life is a warfare. So uh, we have three Sundays remaining in February, but it, there's four chapters of Timothy, Second Timothy. So I'm still thinking if we are going to extend maybe one Sunday into March just to finish the, the whole book or maybe put that as an assignment to you, maybe in your discipleship groups or uh, in your care groups. So Paul, in this uh, in this letter was writing to Timothy in prison. So this is towards the later stages of his life and he knows he is on his way out. Okay? He knows that he is about to retire. And he's, uh, he's writing a letter to Timothy, a young shepherd, a young pastor, a shepherd of the church. And he is one of Paul's close apprentices. So, Timothy did not have a perfect family life. So, yung kanyang lola is a, uh, a Jew Christian, a convert. Um, and yung kanyang mom, Eunice, is, is a Christian, but his dad is Greek. So, lumaki siya sa mixed culture family. So, it's not, a, it's not a, you would say, an ideal uh, family life. It's not an ideal home, but he had a very close relationship with, with Apostle Paul. In fact, ang tawag ni Paul kay Timothy, my son, right? My son. So this was written at a time of a great persecution in the church. That Christians were an easy target, especially of Rome. And Christians are not only jailed, they are burned, they are killed for sport. So just imagine, you know, the kind, of, the kind of life that you would have if you were a Christian at that time. 
So consider that context as we go through this first chapter of 2 Timothy. Consider you know, what's going on in the, in the heart and mind of this young pastor, young shepherd of the church. His mentor is in prison. The last time they saw each other, Timothy was in tears. You will see that in the first part of uh, uh, chapter 1. There were tears. Later part of chapter 1, there were those who abandoned Paul. So they, they abandoned Paul and they were named. And just looking around, I'm just imagining, you know, it was not, it was not uh, hard for Timothy to say, you know, this may not be worth my time. This may not be worth pushing through. This may not be working out. Maybe being a pastor is not a good idea in this time. Maybe being a Christian is... It's not going to work out. I just give up. I just stop right now. So it was not, you don't see that in the story, you don't see that in the passage, but I'm just sensing in the, in the writing of Paul that you know, Paul is addressing this particular um, you know, thing that's going on in the heart of, of Timothy. So the first chapter of this letter, Paul is encouraging Timothy to not give up. Paul is encouraging Timothy to not give up. And I hope that will be an encouragement to us as well, just to find out what will help us remain faithful in the midst of adversity when the natural tendency for us is to give up. When the natural tendency for us is to compromise. When the natural tendency for us, when we say, yes, we are Christians, but when we are faced with these adversities, we'll just say, I'll just give up. I'll just quit. So let me give you three instructions of Paul and a reminder for us as well. So here's the three things. Three instructions, three encouragements. I'll give it to you right now so you can follow me as I read through the passage uh, with these instructions. So one, first, instru in, first instruction is to keep the fire burning. Okay, keep the fire burning. Second is to rehearse the message. The third is to stay the course. Okay? So keep the fire burning, rehearse the message, and stay the course. And as we look at these things one by one, I want you to pay attention. You know, there are certain shepherd attitudes that Paul is implying to Timothy. He's saying, ito yung mga attitude that a shepherd needs to have. So you can hold up to, to the, the ministry that you have or, or the Christian life that we are fighting for. So we'll unpack these instructions, itong three things. But let's just pause uh, and ask the Lord's help. Would you join me in praying? Lord, we thank you that we are not standing on our own firm foundation. It's all you. And as we study your word, as we read through this letter, we pray, Lord God, that we will see 
what it means to, to be faithful, to remain faithful in the midst of adversity. Allow us, Lord, to be encouraged by your word. Spirit of God, speak to us very clearly so that we will leave this place hearing your message and responding to the gospel. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's go through them one by one. Instruction number one, Paul says, and I'm contextualizing here, Paul says, keep the fire burning. Keep the fire burning. So verse 6 says, for this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying of my hands. So, you know, Paul is saying to Timothy, we must, you know, you must stir up your spiritual gift. We must exercise most especially our gifts in times of adversity because if we don't, our spiritual gifts will just go through atrophy. Are you familiar with that word, atrophy? We have doctors here, right? You know that when, when you have a part of your body that's unused, what will happen? It will shrink. It will weaken you will never be able to use it anymore. So we must tear up that uh, spiritual gift. We must use it so that it will grow. Pastor, sinasabi mo ba? What are you talking about? Are you talking about, you know, having supernatural powers, predicting the future, reading minds? Is that the kind of spiritual gifts that you are talking about? Well, it's supernatural in a sense that it goes beyond our natural, sinful, and fleshly ways. But it's not a mystical way. And I will specify those in a bit. So the image that Paul is using here is to fan the flame. Fan the flame. So tayo mga Pinoy, alam natin to kasi kapag summer na, Gusto natin mag-ihaw, di ba? Gusto natin mag-ihaw para siguradong magan masarap ang luto mo sa liempo or sa isaw. Anong gagawin mo? Anong gagawin mo? <laughs> Papaypayan mo para yung, yung uling bumaga ng bumaga kasi pag hindi mo ginawa yun, anong mangyayari? Wala na. Wala ng uling. So, you know, Timothy was not in danger of burning out. He is in danger of growing cold. There's a difference there. He's not in danger of burning out. He is in danger of growing cold. Ito yung concern ni Paul sa kanya. You know, I've met many people, whether inside the church or outside the church, whether you're male, whether you're female, whether you're you're a student or you've been working or you're retired, a lot of people will say, you know, I, I'm, I'm burning out. In fact, marami nga nagsasabi, this is the burnout generation. This is the burnout generation. You know, some of them that I talk to personally, they are really burning out. And that's a, you know, that's a, that's a different thing altogether. But some of them, they just need to take a break. You know, but I think, I think there are more people in the church, there are more Christians 
who are not in danger of burning out, they are in danger of growing cold. And you will not hear from them because they are just slipping away from the church. They grew up in a Christian home, and that's it. The spiritual gift that was in them, that was, that was bestowed upon them by God, was not fanned into flame. And so there's a danger of growing cold. And part of the reason I believe many people in the church are growing cold is because we do not understand or even appreciate the source, the purpose, and what it entails to have and to use our spiritual gifts. So think about this, just driving through you know, what it means to, to use, utilize, and have that spiritual gift. Just keep this in mind. Our holy God, our holy God, according to His sovereign will, chose to bestow upon you and me, sinful people, His spiritual gifts to fulfill His glorious purpose through the church. And these gifts were not a result of your good behavior, or even potential goodness. Hindi sinabi ni God, ah, yung umaaten ng breadcom QC, medyo magiging mabait yun sa 2019. Bibigyan ko siya ng spiritual gift. Ah, magbabagong buhay na yun pagdating ng mga middle of 2019 kasi a ng retreat. So dahil umaten ng retreat, medyo pwede ko nang bigay sa kanya yung, yung spiritual gift. It is not dependent on what you will do what will happen to you, or how you will move, it is completely dependent on the sovereign will of God, on His grace alone. And lastly, these gifts, sabi ni Apostle Paul, these gifts come not with a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. Ano yun? Ano yan, Pastor? Let me again contextualize these three things, power, susunod to ng self-control, and then love. Power, self-control, love. When Paul says we have power, it's not, you know, you're like Iron Man <laughs> instantly. It's the boldness to say yes when the world says no. Alright? It's the boldness to say yes to what God is calling you to do when the world says no. Self-control, on the other hand, is the discipline to say no when the world says yes. Okay lang yan gawin. Bro, okay lang yan gawin. Ginagawa naman namin lahat yan. Self-control, saying no when the world says And having love is the motivation behind those two things. We are not just doing it out of obligation. We are not just doing it out of self-preservation. We are doing it by our affections to God. And that's what we have. That's how valuable these spiritual gifts are. And I want to, to note very importantly, the instruction to keep the fire burning, the instruction is to keep the fire burning, right? to fan the flame. The instruction is not to start the fire. Okay? 
Sabi nga ng theologian na si Billy Joel, We did not start the fire. We did not start the fire. Hindi ikaw nagsimula nung fire that you have. But your responsibility as a follower of Christ is to keep the fire burning. Keep the fire burning because it will help you in your fight against the urge to give up. So I encourage you, brothers and sisters, discover the spiritual gift. Discover your spiritual gift. And if you have His Spirit, if you have God's Spirit, then you also have His gifts. If you know your spiritual gift already, use it. So for Timothy, it is leadership. It is the spiritual gift of leading the church, of being a shepherd to the church, of maybe proclaiming the gospel. Maybe your spiritual gift is serving in Martha ministry. Maybe your gift is teaching in a small group setting. Maybe your gift is encouraging people who are depressed. Maybe your spiritual gift is just giving wisdom for those who are confused. Whether you are a preacher, a teacher, that's your spiritual gift, or you're, you're, you're saying, you, Pastor, ang gift ko lang ay encouraging, don't say lang. That's equally needed by the local church. So stir it up. Keep the fire burning. Don't let it atrophy. Because by keeping the fire burning, we have better handles to fight against the urge to give up. So, you know, the kind of attitude essential here implied by Apostle Paul to Timothy is to just be consistent. Be consistent with your gift. So that's the first one. Keep the fire burning. Second is to rehearse the message. Keep the fire burning and then rehearse the message. Pastor, anong message? Well, in a word, the gospel. In a word, the gospel. So look at this, verse 8. Therefore, do not be ashamed because you have this spirit of power, of love, and self-control. Do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. And he explained it, who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before ages began, which is now has been manifested to the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. So what you will see here in this long part of the uh, passage, when Paul is not explicitly mentioning the word gospel, he is explaining it. He's mentioning it from start to finish, but when he's not mentioning it, he's explaining it. That's how important it is for him. So just think about this for a second. Put ourselves in that position in that time. You know, it's safe to say that Timothy is already pastoring a church, right? He's pastoring a church already. And if you're pastoring a church, probably you're a Christian. <laughs> probably. <laughs> in, in the letters of, of Paul, even first, and, and the second Timothy, it looks like 
Timothy has obvious giftedness in leading. Kaya nga may instructions on how to look for elders in the church. Paul even says in this chapter, in this chapter alone, sabi niya, you know, I am reminded of your faith. I am reminded of your faith because of your grandma, because of your mom, and I am certain that your faith is genuine. So mukhang Christian talaga si, si Timothy. I am certain of your genuine faith. But if that is so, if we are certain that Timothy understands and knows the gospel, why would Paul waste ink and scroll to write about something Timothy already knows? Hindi madali ang magsulat ng time na yun. Hindi madali ang ink and scroll. But why would Paul spend time in writing a message that Timothy already knows? You know, if, if that happens maybe in this century, maybe Timothy would respond, Paul, thank you for your letter. Thank you for your message. But I already went through Gospel 101 with Breadcom QC. How about next time you send a letter, maybe let's talk about something else, something deeper, something much more, you know, level two naman. You know, Paul was very intentional in mentioning the gospel because it is his core message. And he wants Timothy to hear it and to be reminded of it every day. So when we think of a person who needs to hear the gospel, we point first to ourselves. We point first to our need for the gospel, our need to hear it, to be reminded of it every day because we are forgetful people. It will help us, you know, when, when we rehearse the message of the gospel, it will help us see suffering from a different perspective and it will help us address our timidity, our being ashamed of the gospel. Ano ibig sabihin when, when, when Paul says, Do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me. You know, you know for Timothy, it would be natural to think that since Paul was in prison and is, and is suffering, maybe the message that he is proclaiming has no value. So for example, as, lagay lang natin ngayon, si Pastor Abit laging nakukulong. <laughs> Lagi akong nakukulong. But imagine if I, if I go to jail because I'm practicing my faith. Would you be proud of me? That your pastor is always in prison? <laughs> no, I'll, I have maybe a couple of things, a couple of reasons why I think uh, we are ashamed of the gospel, the implication of that. One is, we do not really believe its power. We do not believe its power. We do not believe it's powerful to change lives. Or number two, we are more selfish, self-centered, and self-absorbed than we really want to admit. We are ashamed to speak about our faith, to proclaim it, 
because we are concerned what people would think. And that reflects that we are more concerned about us. And so rehearsing the gospel is the cure to our self-centeredness. The more we reflect on how God saved us, how he called us into this life of holiness, that's what Paul is saying, the more we realize that we contribute nothing but our need for his grace. You know, I feel like we live in a time where the beauty and the power of the gospel is separated from the suffering that it entails. So, I think, you know, there's a, there's a thinking and there's a misconception that, you know, the, the beauty and the power of the gospel is to simply just, you know, make things beautiful in your life, which is great. But we separate that in the possibility that will also lead you to suffering. You know, for Apostle Paul, it's not separate. It's not separate. That the power of the gospel and the suffering can be one and the same. That's why, ayun nga yung testimony niya in verse 11 and 12. Na, he's a preacher and apostle and a teacher and I suffer for the gospel. And he embraces the suffering, he expects it, but he, his confidence is not in his ability to endure the suffering. Instead, his confidence is in Christ Jesus. You know, I mentioned two Sundays ago that a part of my uh, personal devotion is to read through this uh, collection of Puritan prayers. And I'm just blown away by something that I recently uh, read in my devotion. And I want to share it with you guys. It says in part of, part of that um, uh, prayer, says, Glorious Trinity, impress the gospel in my soul until its virtue diffuses every faculty. Let it be heard, acknowledged, professed, and felt. Strip me of every pleasing pretense of righteousness by my own doing. You know, if we are overwhelmed by adversities around us, if we if we are overwhelmed by, by challenges around us, you know, one thing that we can do is to think about the message of the gospel, to rehearse the gospel to ourselves. Rehearse the message because it will cure us from our self-centeredness. So instruction number two is to rehearse the message and, and the, the attitude, the shepherd attitude that uh, Paul is implying here is to be courageous in the message. To be courageous in the message. Let's go to instruction number three. And that is to stay the course. Paul challenges Timothy to stay the course. Verse 13 and 14 says, Follow the pattern of sound words that you have heard from me in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus by the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, guard the good deposit entrusted to you. 
Pastor, how do I stay the course? When I need to fight the urge to give up, to compromise, to, to live a different life in my, in my workplace and in my home and in the church, how do I stay the course and, and just be one and the same, be the same person? How do I do that? Well, one is to follow healthy, biblically grounded, tested teaching. And we are trying, you know, we're trying to do that in our church. That's why, you know, our children did New City Catechism earlier than we did. Our young people are doing Heidelberg Catechism. We're going through books of the, of the Bible. But also, you know, you need to carefully guard the truth of the gospel. Like you're protecting a treasure. That's what it means in verse 14. Pastor, paano ko malalaman if I'm really staying the course? Paano ko malalaman kung yung course ko ay tama pa if, if I'm really uh, sticking to the course that God has placed before me? I have two suggestions. I have two things. Well, number one, if it leads you to a trusting faith in Jesus. If your study of the scripture, if your uh, care group uh, uh, Bible study, if what you get from, from, from our worship service is to, to put a trusting faith in Jesus, then maybe you're on the course. Secondly, if you're... You're following sound words, sound teaching, faithful and grounded teaching helps you grow in your love for Jesus. So if you, those two things, if it leads you to a trusting faith in Jesus, if it helps you grow in your love for Jesus, then most likely you are staying the course. Outside of that, it's probably behavior modification. Outside of that, it's probably just a moral lesson or maybe self-help. But pastor, who can help me stay the course? Who can help me, you know, just stick with this to the sound words, to biblically grounded teaching? Well, in practic uh, practical intangible thing, in practical sense, that means, you know, having a mature Christian guide you. For Timothy, that's Paul. Sabi ni Paul kay Timothy, follow the pattern of sound words that you heard from me. So that means, you know, maybe we can look for a mature Christian that can guide us. Someone that we can see. You know, I, I love uh, hearing and watching uh, teachings from people that we, we love and know, John Piper, Tim Keller, and th all those guys. We, we enjoy reading those, uh, reading and, and watching them and learning from them. But you cannot walk with them. You cannot walk with them. But you can journey with the person beside you. You can journey with your local church. But ultimately, ultimately, 
Paul reminds us and Timothy that we have the Holy Spirit as our guide. We have the Holy Spirit as our guide. And it's even Jesus says that in John 16, 13, when the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all the truth, for He will not speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak, and He will declare you the things that are to come. So I like this uh, rendering of the message paraphrase of Psalm 119. Verse 1 says, You are blessed when you stay the course, walking steadily on the road revealed by God. So, ano itsura naman when you don't stay the course? Pastor, you're, you're describing what it means to stay the course. What does it look like when I'm drifting away from, from sound teaching? Well, you will just make, you know, you will just opposite what I just said. If it does not lead you to a trusting faith in Jesus, or if it just grows, you know, you're not fall, falling in love more in Jesus, but you're falling in love with yourself. <laughs> you're just saying, ang galing ko naman. Ang dami ko ng alam na Bible verse. I am so good all the time. And all the time, I am good. Well, that's, that's one. But maybe that's another thing that I want for us to caution is, you know, defining our, our, our Christian faith based on our, our emotions or our experiences. Affirming our biblical affirmation based on what we experience or how we feel at the time. So, let me give an example. So kapag pag ang pumunta ka sa isang sim- sige <laughs> tread lightly. <laughs> pag pumunta ka sa isang simbahan, sige, buburin ko lang sa record doon. Tapos Tapos sasabihin mo, "Hindi ang ganda sa simbahan na 'yon kasi yung worship sa kanila ang ganda." Yung worship sa kanila ang ganda. May smoke machine. Now we evaluate our you know our 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 Christian experience based on that heightened emotion. You know, I'm not uh, I'm not knocking on emotions and experience. I, I truly believe that God can use our emo I'm not saying don't don't have emotions. Don't have experience. That's not what I'm saying. God can use those things, even miracles, to call your attention. But to base and to measure your Christian walk based on those highlights would be dangerous. That's drifting away from the course. It's like you're saying Avengers Infinity War is very good because you watched the trailer. Watch the whole movie. Read the, you know, read the comics. The danger of 
saying that our, our Christian faith is so and so based on our emotion is that it will be subjective to what you are feeling at the moment. So when you are, when you, when you are feeling good and you experience the blessing of God, the material blessings of God, you will say God is good. But when you are suffering, when you don't you know, experience good things in your, your workplace, you will say maybe God is not really that good. Maybe, my, maybe there's something wrong with God. Doon papasok yung mga questions. Is God unfair? So that's what it looks like to, to, to veer away from the core. So my, my, my encouragement for you, brothers and sisters, is that we can stay the course together. We can stay the course together. And again, I think what, what Paul is saying here is implying for, for a young shepherd like uh, Timothy is that you need to be careful. You need to be careful where you walk. So I'll just summarize how do we fight the urge to give up. These are just three practical things. Keep the fire burning just be reminded that we didn't start the fire. Exercise your spiritual gift. That's what you have as a Christian. And Paul is saying the shepherd attitude here is to be consistent. Rehearse the message of the gospel. Rehearse it to yourself and then rehearse it with your uh, community. You need it. And the shepherd attitude there is to be courageous. Timothy, you need to be courageous. You, need, you should not be ashamed of me and of the testimony of the Lord. And last is to stay the course, to pursue sound teaching with the help of the Holy Spirit. And you need to really be careful. But pastor, what if I fail? What if I fail? I don't think I'm consistent enough. I don't think I'm courageous enough. I don't think I'm careful enough to be faithful in my Christian walk? What if I fail to do these, these things? What if I fail to keep the fire burning? What if I don't even know what the gospel is? What if I am drifting away, I'm veering away from the course and defining my Christian walk based on my emotions and experience? What will happen to me? You know, those are really valid concerns and I I, I think in many times in Timothy's life, he's been asking those questions. Paul, you're, you know, my, my mentor is dying. What will happen to me? I'm leading a, a church in Ephesus. I'm inexperienced. What if I fail as a shepherd? What if I fail in leading this church? What if I fail in my Christian walk? You know, the good news is there is a far better shepherd than Timothy could ever be. There is a far better shepherd than Paul could ever be. And that is Jesus. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me, I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. Verse 27 says, My sheep Hear my voice, I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, 
and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hands. When you are about to give up, or even if you have given up, know that we have a good shepherd who is consistent, courageous, and careful with his sheep. Know that we have a shepherd who did not give up, but instead gave himself up for the sheep. You know, friends, look to our good shepherd who is consistent, courageous, and careful in taking care of his sheep. And looking to the good shepherd is the only way for us to hold fast in our faith because the one who's holding us is the great shepherd who says they will never perish. No one will ever snatch them from my hands. So friends, look to the good shepherd, to him who is able to keep us from giving up, to cause us to stand without blemish before his glory presence. To him be the glory forever. Let's pray. Father, we just, we just thank you that you have called us. You have called us to a holy calling. And sometimes it's difficult to, to believe this, that this, the identity that you have, have called us to. But we believe not because of our emotion or experiences. We just believe your word. We thank you that even at a time that we have more reasons to give up, that when we see what's around us is getting from bad to worse, we have an encouragement in your word. That as we see our Christian walk as a fight, as a warfare, we have an encouragement to keep the fire burning, to rehearse the message of the gospel, and to stay the course. Lord, continue to speak to us. Continue to help us, Lord God, what it means to fight for faithfulness, to fight for godliness, to fight even for holiness, knowing that it is not our sole battle knowing that you have won the victory, knowing that you have given us your spirit, has given us power, love, and self-discipline. Help us understand, Lord, that we have a guide through the Holy Spirit to help us discern what is good and sound teaching. Lord, rebuke us when we are drifting away from the course. Remind us when we forget about the gospel and we, when we think about ourselves more and more and most importantly help us Lord be assured that we have a great shepherd who has laid his life for the sheep to him be the glory and honor and praise in his name we pray amen